Girlfriends, episode number 214, How to Set Healthy Boundaries. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I am on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about how to set healthy boundaries. Good relationships need good boundaries. Let's talk about it. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for the newest episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You know, I am so happy to connect with you here. Always happy to connect with you on the podcast, but especially now after I've just had a long weekend where I was away. I was in Jasper, Indiana this past weekend, met some girlfriends listeners there. Shout out to Jamie, who I got my photo taken with. It was great getting to meet some people who listen to the podcast, getting to meet people who use CatholicMom.com, getting to meet people who have read some of my books. I'm always happy to connect with people that are involved in different parts of the kinds of ministries that I'm doing, but especially the ones who listen to the podcast. Because I know if you listen to the podcast, we are friends. It's just that simple. If you're willing to listen to me ramble on week after week here as I do, I know you get it. I know you are a sister of the heart. So I want to thank you for that. If this happens to be your first time listening to the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to say hello and welcome. I hope you're going to enjoy your time with us here. I hope Girlfriends will become a regular part of your week. So thank you for giving us a try, and um, we want to give you a big welcome. But if you are a longtime listener, I want to say welcome back and thank you. You are the backbone of what we do here at Girlfriends. Happy to have our longtime Girlfriends listeners on board with us. But now diving into this week's topic, this week I thought we would talk about setting healthy boundaries. This is a topic that comes up time and again here at Girlfriends, and I hear from you all that you struggle with doing this in your life. And I do too. So I thought it's time we revisit this topic, this perennial topic of setting healthy boundaries. What does that mean? Why do we need to do it? How can it improve all of your relationships to set healthy boundaries? And why do we struggle so much to do it properly, you know? So the thing that really actually got me thinking about this and uh, made me decide I really need to take this up on Girlfriends was a recent situation that I experienced where I was having trouble setting boundaries myself. So here's what happened. So at our church that we go to every week, we generally go to the same mass week after week at a church that's just about 10 minutes away. And at this church that we've been going to for years, through the years, as I walk in, you know, you walk in and you there are places where you pick up a missile. And this particular church has people set up to kind of greet you and hand you a missile so that it's not this impersonal kind of thing that happens when you walk in the church where you're just grabbing a missile out of a rack, which of course you could do. But they have people set up to hand you a missile and greet you as you're as you're coming into mass on Sunday mornings, which is great. And um, I happened to notice over the years, there was this older gentleman who was always stationed in the same place. And when I received a missile from him, he would always say, hello to me in a special way and say it was good to see me. And he just seemed particularly interested in me and give me a big smile and would comment on something I was wearing or comment on the fact that I wasn't wearing a jacket or, you know, whatever. Always kind of went out of his way to kind of personalize his connection with me in a way I noted he didn't with other members of my family. So that stood out to me. Um, fine. And I was, you know, that was fine. Um, so then 
uh, fast forward a few years of that going on. And uh, then recently I ran into this, this gentleman at our post office. And I have never before that I know of seen him outside of church. And so I ran into him at the post office and he said hello to me and I didn't even immediately recognize him. You know how when you see people out of where you usually see them, it can take you a minute to kind of place them. And that's what it was. I said hi because I knew I knew him. Um, but then I was just, you know, going about my business, getting my mail. And he continued talking to me and said, aren't you, aren't you the lady who comes into church? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I realized who he was. And so then he told me his name and just started chatting with me. Okay. Um, so he starts chatting with me. I don't, I don't even know what he started talking about and I'm just being nice and making conversation with this, this guy. And by the end of it, I had been standing there for almost 40 minutes with this guy telling me about everything in his life. And this is me. I mean, this is so me. I can have 10,000 things to do and I feel bad if somebody is talking to me. And this is what I was thinking the whole time. This is a lonely person, obviously, right? I mean, he's talking to this person he doesn't even know in the post office for this long. And you know what? That day I actually could spare the time. So I, that's what I did. And I stood and I, I listened to him talk about, he told me all about his work life. He told me about a, a lot of his personal relationships and um, some physical ailments he was struggling with. And, you know, I was just trying to be a sympathetic person, be friendly, listening to what he was sharing, all of which is fine. Uh, I, was, I was willing to do that, right? So did that. And then by the time we said goodbye, um, you know, we had kind of, you know, connected more than we ever had before. Um, so then the following Sunday, um, I show up for mass and he gives me a big hello, of course, because we, we feel like uh, we're old friends now. We talked for so long in the post office just a few days prior. And he had been talking to somebody else, but he interrupted that conversation and said, hold on a minute, I need to go and say hello. And then he walked around the little cart where he was standing behind giving out missiles, right? And uh, came over to me to say hello and just like wrapped his arms right around me, gave me this great big hug, super close hug, okay? <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm trying to convey this neutrally. Um, super close hug and long hug. And not just that, but like really pressed his face up against mine for a good long while in a way that made me feel extremely uncomfortable. I, I didn't like it. Uh, I never would have chosen to hug him like that. I felt like it was imposed upon me. So that happened. And um, then I went to mass. And um, so after that, I started thinking, perhaps overthinking, and was thinking to myself, uh, well, first of all, my husband's like, uh, who the heck is that? Why was he doing that? Like, it really stood out to my husband as sort of an unusual thing. So I kind of explained it to him. But then, you know, I kind of forgot about it after that. But the following week when we were getting ready to go to mass, I thought about it and thought, oh my gosh, this is going to be our new thing. Like now he's going to hug me like that every time we say hello. And I was just very uncomfortable with the idea. And I started thinking, okay, how can I avoid this happening? I can go in a different entrance at the church. Uh, we could park in a different place. We could, um, I could just say hello and walk really fast going by him. I mean, I put a lot of energy into thinking about this so much so that I started thinking this is ridiculous like uh if I do not want to be hugged by a person in that way I, I am perfectly within my rights not to so then I talked to my husband about it and he was like of course like you know just just tell him no you know but that seemed impossible to me so 
long story short, for a couple of Sundays, I went in on the other side and just gave him a wave. And um, then I missed a Sunday because I was out of town. And so a little bit of time went by. And then um, we had a Sunday where I was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to walk in and I'm just going to tell him no, if he does try to hug me Um, and it'll be awkward and whatever, but I need to do that. But he didn't try to. And I think maybe because I'd gone in on the other side, those other times, anyway, talk about over analysis, right? So I just, in Thinking all of this through and feeling like I was super overthinking it, I was really struck by the fact that in all of this, I felt like maybe I'm being rude, maybe I'm being mean in saying I don't want to be touched like that by this person. And that's ridiculous. Of course, I have every right to not be touched like that by anybody. Everybody has that right, right, to not be intimately hugged by anybody that they they choose not to be intimately hugged by, right? So um, I was analyzing my feelings about that. And I thought, this is something that I really struggle with. Like, I just want to make everybody happy all the time. And setting boundaries is difficult because of that need to please everybody. And I think women especially struggle with this, and and some of us more so than others. Some of us are more pleasers than other people are. Anyway, um, and then, okay, after going through all of these mental acrobatics with this particular situation, I mentioned it to my oldest daughter, and she knew very well who I was talking about, and she had interactions with him at a previous workplace of hers that made her feel very uncomfortable. And hearing my daughter describe this, I felt very vindicated and justified in having chosen to not not allow this person to hug me. And how ridiculous is that? That I, I shouldn't need to be backed up by other people's feelings of being a little bit skeeved out or a little bit not caring for it or feeling like this is inappropriate. If I feel that way, I feel that way, right? And yet, why is it so difficult for us to set these kinds of boundaries? Even with people who are pretty much strangers to us, why do we feel like we owe them? And even at the you know the expense of our own comfort levels, why do we feel that way? And so I think this is an important topic for us to talk about because it not only happens with strangers, but for sure it does, but it also happens with family members, with people we love, with coworkers, with friends. You know, I think that sometimes we need to kind of get together and examine why we have this difficulty in setting boundaries just to bolster each other up a little bit. Like if this is feeling inappropriate to you, if this is feeling like too much to you, that is all you need to know. And um, so and that's part of what I want to talk about today, kind of balancing that with being generous, being you know kind to other people, being receptive to other people, and um, wanting to really you know, meet other people charitably and um, be friendly with them, but at the same time, be respectful of the fact that we should have limitations and they're reasonable and appropriate. And all of our relationships are improved if we are comfortable setting reasonable boundaries. So, I mean, like, think about it. What if you, let's say with this this guy in particular, like, what if I decided I'm just going to let him hug me however he wants to hug me every week, week after week. That would not be a great relationship. I wouldn't have some great friendship with this person. I would resent it. I would be uncomfortable. I would be dreading my interactions with him. That's not a great thing, right? Like, and then apply that to whatever relationship you might be thinking about right now that you're thinking, do I need to set boundaries here? Even if it's someone that you know and love very well. We wind up resenting people when we feel like our boundaries are being stepped on or stepped over time and again because we won't give voice to them. So do your relationships, all of your relationships a favor and consider 
whether or not you need to be setting some boundaries inside of your personal relationships. So boundaries improve all of your relationships, okay? So sometimes we, we hesitate because we're like, shouldn't we err on the side of love and generosity? Well, sometimes setting boundaries is love and generosity. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the different kinds of relationships where you um, maybe should examine whether or not you need to set some boundaries. So starting with my example, with strangers or with or with near strangers, what are some of the situations in which you might need to think about boundaries with strangers? So this is one that I for sure ran into a lot having a larger than average size family through the years. I found sometimes I did need to set boundaries for the way in which I would allow strangers to talk to me about my kids in front of my kids. And no matter what size your family is, sometimes you're going to find that you need to do that. It's been my experience that not everybody who talks to kids in public is being appropriate. Not everybody who talks to you about your kids in public is being appropriate. So there may be times where you have an obligation to speak up in defense of your kids or for protecting your kids from things maybe they shouldn't be hearing about perhaps what burdens they are on society or um, how terrible it is that you have more than one child or you know whatever it is. Um, and, you know, sometimes I, I find that strangers would make inappropriate jokes or whatever it is. Um, I just want to tell you right now that if people that you don't even know make you uncomfortable with what they're doing or saying to you or about your kids in front of your kids, then you have absolutely every right to set that boundary and not engage in that conversation. And it's not mean and it's not unchristian. It's normal human behavior. You know, this is natural consequences. So much about setting boundaries. Um, I, I find I can accept it if I think about natural consequences. Like, they're the ones engaging in behavior they shouldn't be. They're the ones who are just saying the thing they shouldn't. Natural consequence is they're making you uncomfortable and you are allowed to convey that and put an end to it. So I want to empower you right now because I know a lot of people listening have larger than average size families or have a lot of little kids. And I know that that invites attention and oftentimes unwanted comments. But side note on this, um, I'm not telling you that you have a right to be snarky. I, some of my least favorite things that have gone around the internet over the years in the uh, Catholic blogosphere and so on have been these lists of snarky responses that you can have in your back pocket to pull out at any time to be delivering these kind of snappy one-liners to people who might be making negative comments about your family in public. I, I get the temptation to want to do that, but honestly, I think the less... The less we're snarky about these things, the, the better example we can set if we're responding to people charitably, but then also setting those boundaries. You know, some things are not okay. It's, um, and then for sure, this is something I thought about too with regard to my hugsident, <laughs> my hug gate that I explained to you at the start of um, this show, that, you know, you, you can be setting an example for your kids about how they are allowed to set boundaries with regard to who is allowed to touch them and how they touch them, right? Some people don't get this memo that you can't just go up to kids and, and put your hands on them. And um, this is something I remember years ago when I was uh, in a public place and this little old man came up and I had a baby and a baby carrier and he just was putting his hands in that baby's face, like wanting to touch his face and his mouth. And uh, I was horrified you know, because I'm thinking germs, you know, and nowadays, especially coronavirus. Um, but uh, I don't think I actually said anything. I might have moved the baby. I don't know. But, you know, 
people are clueless sometimes and you could just let them know that or, you know, asking them to wash their hands before they they hold your baby or asking them not to touch the baby's face or asking them not to put hands on your little kids or saying um, that they don't have a right to demand that they get a hug from your kids or, or whatever it is that they're looking for. I think it's um, really an important thing to be teaching your kids that they they can decide. Um, you know, if they don't, if they don't want to be touched in a certain way, I think it's really important, especially in today's day and age to teach them that it's okay to say no and that they don't have to be people pleasers, um, and set that, set that example. But then also just speak that to them, let them know that that's true. So that's with strangers or with near strangers. And in some ways it feels more natural to set those boundaries, right? Because you're like, who are you? I don't know you anything, right? But what if the people that you're feeling the need to set boundaries with are perhaps your extended family or that sticky situation? It's your in-laws. I hear from girlfriends, listeners all the time. I hear from moms all the time who are struggling with setting boundaries with in-laws, in-laws unwanted comments, or even your own parents' unwanted comments, right? I think that this can be such a sticky situation. And I want to encourage you that if you are married and you have a family of your own, that is your own domain. And it took me years to feel that way. And I didn't have any major issues with my own parents or with Jan's parents in any way. But it did take me years before I felt comfortable feeling like I can make my own decisions and I don't have to explain it. I think a large part of setting boundaries is being comfortable enough to state what you want or what your limits are and not feeling like you have to explain it, right? I mean, this is, we talked about this in our episode many, many episodes ago where we talked about um, how to say no nicely because this is something we struggle with, right? And I remember in that show, I shared with you this novel concept that you can say no sometimes and you don't have to explain why. That was very um, revelatory to me years ago when my sister told me, you can just say no and let there be this silence after your no. And yeah, maybe you're going to be uncomfortable with it. Maybe the other person's going to be wondering, but you don't have to fill that silence with an explanation. There are certainly people you owe explanations to, but most of the time, no. You can just say that's not going to work. Um, so, you know, setting these boundaries, don't feel like you have to explain it. And while we're on the subject of extended family, so what are some of these things, right? What are some of these boundaries that you might want to be setting? Um, you can't just drop by unannounced. How about that? Uh, you can't call up and lecture me about our finances. You can't make negative comments about the fact that I'm pregnant again. What else? Uh, you know, whatever it is, you can't be, you know, talking about me to my sister in these negative ways, whatever it is. Um, you know, recognize that you have the right to set limits to other people's behavior and that you're only going to have a certain amount of control here, right? This isn't about you controlling other people. It's about you saying, you're in charge of you, I'm in charge of me, and here's what I'm saying about me. Like, you can only go this far, and I'm not comfortable with this. This is making me unhappy. Um, so whatever it is that you're struggling with. But I do want to say, on the subject of in-laws, if it is in-laws that you are struggling with, if it's your husband's family, have him communicate those boundaries. Make sure you're on the same page with him about what those are, about what you're struggling with, about what you want to put a limit on, um, and then have him communicate it. The same way, if he's struggling with things going on with your family, you should be the one to communicate it, right? Um, I, I heard this this um, summed up recently. I can't remember where I heard it, but I heard it summed up recently as sort of marriage advice saying, when you're talking to your mother-in-law, you always 
say yes. And if the answer needs to be no, it's your husband who's going to say it. Makes a ton of sense. And it works both ways. Because you can say no to your own family. You're a lot more comfortable doing that. They're going to accept it more from you. They're going to know you mean it. And um, there's less of that pressure to be pleasing if it's your own family. Um, But that said, I know (laughs) so many of us want to please our own family as well. I know this very well. Um, But so in in conveying those things, be, be thoughtful about it. Make sure you're on the same page as your husband. That is so hugely important, especially with regard to family stuff, whether we're talking about your own family or his family. And then have him convey it. If it's talking to his mom, if it's talking to his dad, if it's talking to his sister, whatever it is, um, whether it's setting limits on how often they're going to visit, how often you're going to visit, where you're spending holidays, whatever it is, um, be thoughtful about who and how you're communicating those boundaries. But know that you are your own family. We talked about this in one of the shows right before Christmas when um, someone had written in when was really struggling with trying to make all the families happy at Christmas time. And I really encouraged her and I want to encourage you now with Easter coming up, it's going to be happening again, it's going to be pulled in multiple directions. Recognize that you and your family are your own unit and you get to decide things. And if that means this year, we're not going to go to so-and-so's house like we've done every year for the last 20 years. So be it. If that's not what's working for you guys this year, you know, um, tough. I know it's hard. It's hard. It's, it's harder for some of us than for others. You know, I marvel at the fact that my, my daughters, I think are a lot tougher than I am in this, in this particular, um, thing, because like, for example, my daughter, Juliet years ago, um, it really struck me when she was very first in participating in school sports and traveling on a bus with her team. And I think it was a softball team. I asked her afterwards, like, who'd you sit with? And she said, Oh, on the, on the bus ride there, I sat with so-and-so, but on the bus ride back, I didn't want to sit with her because she kind of gossips and she makes me uncomfortable and I I don't like how she says mean things about people. So I didn't want to sit with her. So when she asked if she could sit next to me, I told her no. (laughs) And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, here's the seventh grade girl able to set boundaries in ways I couldn't have imagined. Like I still, you know, as a grown up, I'm thinking, wow, that would be a really tough thing to do. Certainly as a seventh grader, I was not in that place. But, you know, my daughter, Juliet, especially has always been just very strong in her own person in that way. I really admire it. I really respect that. Um, You know, and I asked her too, I was like, how did you say it? And she just, she said, I told her no, that she couldn't sit there. And she asked why. And I just told her personal space. And um, I love that little story because I think about it often and that's all you need to tell somebody <laughs> and you don't have to use that word. Um, but in, in so many words, you can just be saying personal space. I need this. This is what I need. And um, yeah, it's coming up against what you want. And this is, this is my limit right here, personal space. So mark out your personal space. Don't be afraid to do it. If a seventh grade girl can do it, we can do it, right? Um, So yeah, so that's how you handle it with extended family um, and especially with in-laws. You're allowed to have personal space. Okay, now also another place where you might need to set boundaries is with your own immediate family, with your kids. This this is hard. This is hard for us moms. Um, I hear from so many moms who say like, I can't even take a shower. Moms who, um, you know, with like a four-year-old, following them into the bathroom, you need some boundaries. If you are not allowed to go to the bathroom by yourself, mom, you need some boundaries. You need to be setting some limits. There's no reason in the world why a four-year-old needs to be following you into the bathroom, why uh, a child of that age or even younger needs to be in there when you're taking a shower. You know, we have some basic needs and 
some of those basic needs are to be alone sometimes and to have some level of privacy. And I think our kids learn what they can do. They learn what the limits are based on what we allow. So if from an early age, you are insisting upon this private space, and I mean within reasonable limits, not that you're going away for days at a time all the time, right? But that you're allowed to go to the bathroom by yourself. You can take a shower. You have a little time for, you know, to rest. You have time for, and and I'm saying all of this knowing there are stages and phases and seasons of family life where it's impossible, right? Like everybody's got the stomach flu. Mom's not getting a lot of alone time, not getting a lot of downtime. I get it. But I'm talking about in a general sense, in an ongoing way. Do you have privacy? Do you have space in your life? Do you have the opportunity to be alone sometimes? Are you able to close a door and tell a child, not right now, um, I'll, I'll be available to you in just a little bit? Because that's normal. And do you know what else you're teaching your kids? That other people have needs. If they're growing up with parents who apparently, for for all apparent purposes, don't have needs that they need to respect, then they're going to have a hard time understanding other people have needs in life. And that's going to make them not very popular people. That's going to make them not popular friends if they are not sensitive to the needs of others, if they are not understanding that other people have needs as well. So you're doing your kids a favor. This is a life lesson, teaching them other people have needs, other people have limits, other people need privacy. One thing that really stood out to me in my own life experience with regard to this was years ago when um, we were at the dinner table, and I don't even remember who the little guy was, who was like two, three years old, was um, climbing into my lap at dinner and just grabbing food out of my plate and eating it. And I didn't even think anything of it for sure didn't stop him from doing it. But Dan noticed and Dan corrected this child saying, no, that's mama's dinner and put him in his own seat and said, you eat your dinner over here. And it really struck me because of course, that's a very normal expectation to have of a child. Like, don't be grabbing food out of your mother's plate. And yet it hadn't even occurred to me to correct that child's behavior. And I think that's oftentimes where we find ourselves as moms is our kids are running over us. <laughs> whatever age, at whatever stage it is, if it's teenagers with demands or uh, grade school kids with uh, you know their own demands or toddlers or whatever, um, that we don't think to set limits there because our inclination is like, it's my child, I'm his mom, he can have it all, you know? Um, but it's really much better for you and for that child to set some reasonable limits. So I want to encourage you to think about where in your life, perhaps in your own immediate family, you need to maybe set some boundaries, set up some limits and get the support you need. If you need your husband to help you to see where those areas might be, if you need your husband to help you to enforce those limits, then do that. You know, talk with your husband about it. That's what God gave you your husband for, for that kind of balance, that kind of support. So for sure, it's a very legitimate thing to be leaning on him, especially if it's an area that you struggle with, as so many of us do. All right. So we talked about all these different areas where you might need to set limitations, but let's just talk for a minute about how you do it. It's important when you are going to be setting boundaries of any kind with anybody to be clear about what they are. Don't hint at it. Don't expect them to read your mind. 
to be clear about it, to clearly say what your your boundary is, what the limitation is that you are looking to set inside of that relationship, whether it be with a stranger on the bus or with your own mom or with your own kid eating dinner out of your plate, be clear about what the limit is. And remember, you don't have to explain, okay? It's not, you don't have to explain yourself to everybody. You can just say, that's, it's not okay with me. I'm, I'm not, that's not going to work for me. Okay. But then be kind. You don't have to be mean about it. I think sometimes we hesitate to set limits because it feels mean and we feel like even just setting the limit is mean, right? But it's not. So just communicate it kindly. And in in a way, um, especially if it's a relationship that you value, you could let that person know it's because you value your relationship and you don't want to wind up feeling overburdened or feeling resentful. And so you're being protective of your relationship with that person. That's a very positive thing. So if you frame it like that, I think that can be really helpful. Also, keep in mind that if you set a boundary, if you, you know, it's not written in stone. You know, if you set a limit in a relationship in your life, like say you tell your mom, I don't want you coming over unannounced. Okay. I'm just saying that as an example. It's a pretty common thing that people sometimes struggle with people coming over without letting you know. Um, say you set that, that limit with your mom. Um, maybe in the future, you're not going to mind. And you could communicate that at that point. Just know that sometimes these things that we we can't handle or the, the limits that we have shift and change as we change, as our relationships change. Sometimes they change in a more strict direction. Sometimes they change in a more flexible direction. And just be open to that. And, you know, you can be communicating about that with the other people in your life. Um, and then, you know, just remember to get the support you need in backing up these boundaries. If it's, um, you know, it could be support that would come with a girlfriend that you're going to call before you make a difficult phone call and have a difficult conversation. It could be support, like we've mentioned, from your husband, especially if you're dealing with in-laws um, or, you know, wherever you're going to find that support that um, is going to be reinforcing for you that, first of all, you have a right to set these limitations inside of your relationships. Maybe somebody who can be kind of a check-in for you, like, am I crazy? Is this normal? Is this okay? So kind of like me when I was driving my husband crazy talking about the old man at church, <laughs> like, is this, am I nuts? Am I allowed to do this? Can I just say no, right? Sometimes you just need somebody to give you that permission. So be looking for that support if you need it. Okay. And then a final note um, while we're on this subject is what if you're the person who's infringing on somebody else's boundaries? I think this is something that when we talk about setting boundaries, so often we are focused on what are my boundaries and um, who who might be you know, overstepping their limits with me. Well, let's also be aware of times and places where we might be the person who's overstepping boundaries, who's um, imposing too much on somebody, uh, a friendship or with your own kids or inside of a relationship in your workplace, whether it's somebody that you supervise or a coworker or whatnot. Like, I think we need to be aware of times in which we might need to be aware of people's boundaries because as we've already mentioned, not everybody's comfortable giving voice to limitations. And so sometimes they will be hinting, sometimes they will be reluctant to say something. So I just wanted to encourage you as a final thought here, think about areas in your life where maybe you might be the person who's making someone uncomfortable. Some some clues, if you are a hugger and somebody else is not, they might give you some physical cues either tensing up or looking away or, you know, stepping back from you um, if you're infringing upon their physical boundaries in some way. Be aware of that. That's okay. Um, 
Also, if you're making someone nervous, they might uh, start to talk faster, use a high-pitched voice, start to say somewhat defensive things in a way that surprises you. Be aware of that. If that's going on, there's something, something's happening there. And if you are suspecting any of these things or you're wondering or you're worried that you might be imposing upon somebody in a way that they don't appreciate, talk about it. Bring it up. Ask them. Ask them if they mind. Ask them if it bothers them. And you know, make sure that they feel comfortable letting you know. If it's a relationship that you value, you should be open to hearing some of the ways in which you might be able to improve it yourself by respecting somebody else's limitations. So I don't have a clear bullet pointed list this week, so I can't go back and review. But those are just my kind of rambling thoughts about how to set healthy boundaries. But this is such an important topic, one that so many of us struggle with. So I know that you have some feedback for me. I know that you have some of your own experiences, failures and successes with regard to setting boundaries. And I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. You can record a voice memo on your phone and send it to me at that address or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know how to find me. Speaking of feedback, coming up, we've got a little bit of feedback from a girlfriend's listener on the topic of the coronavirus. You're not going to want to miss this, but first we have a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Two thousand years ago, Jesus Christ chose corrupt, broken, imperfect, sinful men to be the foundation of his church. And because these broken, imperfect men chose to remain in relationship with Jesus, they became saints. And they were used by Jesus to transform hearts and minds two thousand years later. I invite you to check out my book, Broken and Blessed where you'll find practical tools to overcome habitual sin, to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and to walk with an imperfect church toward a perfect God who is calling all of us to perfection over time. To order the paperback book or audiobook, Broken and Blessed, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And this week, I received an email from listener Deidre, who wrote to me about the coronavirus. Who's not thinking about the coronavirus, right? You can't get away from it. Um, and that's part of Deidre's problem. So this is what she wrote. Dear Danielle, how should we approach the coronavirus as Catholics and as parents? I find myself getting so anxious about it and imagining the worst case scenarios with my young kids, ages three to 17, and my aging parents. I feel like I have no peace about this and there's nothing I can do. I totally understand the people who are hoarding soap and toilet paper because at least that is something that you can do. I am not sure I have ever felt so trapped and helpless by what I am seeing on the news. Do you have any advice to offer, Deidre? Well, okay. So I think we can all relate to what Deidre's talking about here. And um, Deidre, what really stood out to me in what you shared here is what I'm seeing on the news. Okay. So we all do want to be informed, but especially when it comes to things like coronavirus or natural disasters, I think the news is terrible. <laughs> I think the news profits from inciting panic in people 
and making people feel desperate and helpless and over-dramatizing things. So for sure that's going on with many news channels, many things that I've seen on social media as well. You know, I, I have to stay away from Twitter myself because if you click on um, any of the Twitter news stories, it's got these scary images and it's all about the virus and it's like the death tolls and not helpful, right? Not helpful to our peace of mind. And um, know this, Deidre, that God wants you to have peace of mind. This is not what he wants for you. He doesn't want this anxiety for you with regard to your children or with regard to your parents. Yes, it is something that can be worrisome, this this virus that we're not sure about. Um, because so much is unknown, I think there's a lot of room to worry about things there. And I'm not saying it's not reasonable to worry and take reasonable precautions, but I feel like you're already you're already there and you know that what's going on with you is um, unbalanced and it's not what God's plan is for you. You're not going to be a good wife and a good mother if you're preoccupied with these things. So I want to encourage you to limit how much you are taking in the news. Maybe just um, have your, your husband, if he can handle it, check the news and he can let you know if there's anything going on that you need to be aware of. And just cut that out from your life because it shouldn't be affecting your day to day. If nobody in your household is infected with coronavirus, it, it should really be a minimal impact on your every day at this point. You know, just regular illness prevention that we should all be engaged in this time of year anyway because it's cold and flu season washing your hands, not touching your face, just being aware of those kinds of things. But any of this over-the-top stuff I think is really not helpful. And we've talked about this before on the podcast, and it's something I struggled with. I remember especially struggling with this when uh, my my daughter, Gabby, years ago was diagnosed with Lyme disease, because what are we supposed to do? Like, how can I prevent this? Like, am I supposed to not let my kids go outside? We live in New England. The woods are infested with ticks. I want my children to play outside. And yet, how do I balance that, right? And so that's what many of us are finding us, ourselves in is a situation like that with regard to coronavirus, where what are we supposed to do? Not live our lives? Well, no, I don't think that that's what God intends for us. Reasonable precautions and uh, preventive measures. If you are not in a particularly vulnerable state, meaning immune compromised or elderly or already sick in some way, then, you know, reasonable measures would be perhaps limiting some of your social interactions, which we do here in the Bean household every winter anyway, and uh, uh, just for the sake of regular disease prevention. We don't want stomach virus. We don't want influenza. We don't want a nasty cold virus. I've learned through many experiences over the years that these kinds of illnesses really take a toll on our family, cost us a lot of time and energy, and we wind up just being exhausted from the illness. So some of these reasonable measures are just reasonable anyway, coronavirus or not. So just be doing that much. And then I really want to encourage you, Deidre, to be working on trusting in God. Maybe you want to pray that litany of trust that I share so often here and is in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast or um, some other just short prayer, you know, Sacred Heart of Jesus, I place all my trust in you when you are tempted toward anxiety. Just remembering that all is in God's hands. You know, at one point in watching the news about this coronavirus, I had this sudden thought like, you know, these words pandemic are getting splashed across the screen and they're showing people dying in hospital beds. And I started thinking, well, what if this is a major catastrophe? What if this is the end of everything? Well, then I thought, well, what if it is? You know, 
What if it is? Jesus didn't tell us this world is going to last forever. And God is God, regardless of what goes on here on earth. And God is in charge. God is in control. God is all powerful. And he has triumphed over sin and sickness and death forever. So if all else fails, we've got that much to fall back on. We know the end of the story and it's a happy ending. So let's focus there. So in moments where you're really tempted to despair because we don't know all the details, um, you know, we don't have to know the details. We're called to trust God right here in this moment right now. And then five minutes from now in that moment, and then five minutes from then in that moment, whatever it is that's going on inside of your life. So I hope that's a little bit helpful, Deidre. That's at least how I approach it. But other people might have some helpful advice to share with regard to monitoring and mitigating anxiety with regard to coronavirus, especially, and what kinds of reasonable protective measures, you know, it's okay to take and where you might be crossing that line, what kinds of things you might want to cut out of your life. My suggestion is social media, if that's feeding your anxiety, as well as the news, which you mentioned that you are watching. So um, I hope that's a little bit helpful, Deidre. If other people have things they want to chime in on the topic of coronavirus or other anxiety-inducing infections, the things that go through our minds this time of year, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me, Danielle, at daniellebean.com. Now, if you would like the show notes for every episode of The Girlfriend's Podcast automatically emailed to you, how convenient is that? You never have to stop what you're doing to go to ascensionpress.com and check out a link. You can get all those links and resources that we talk about here at Girlfriends sent right to your inbox. Bonuses, you never miss an episode because it's automatically delivered to your inbox every single week. A simple way that you can get signed up for that email is by texting the word girlfriends to 33777. That's the word girlfriends to 33777. You can get automatically signed up. That's only for U.S. residents. So if you're outside the U.S. and you're interested in getting signed up, just send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com, and I will be glad to add you to the list. And now before we have to go, I just want to mention some places I'm going to be in case you can be there too, because I would love to meet you. On Saturday, March 28th, I'm going to be speaking at the Women's Conference in Norwich, Connecticut, giving the keynote there plus a workshop. Would love to be able to meet you there. Then on Saturday, April 18th, I'm going to be giving my You're Worth It retreat in Windham, New Hampshire. And then Saturday, April 25th is a special event in Easton, Massachusetts at Holy Cross Family Ministries. There's a Catholic Mom Women's Retreat, which is going to be focused on the topic, the theme of mercy. So I'm going to be a speaker there. Uh, Father Willie Raymond, who's president of Holy Cross Family Ministries, is going to be a speaker as well. Also, Lisa Hendy and Allison Jingris. It's going to be a great day, but space is limited for that event, especially. That's on Saturday, April 25th, Catholic Mom event in Easton, Massachusetts. There will be a link to register in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. And now, if I don't happen to be coming near you anytime soon, and you are interested in finding out more about what it would take, what details are involved in bringing me to come and give one of my retreats, my You're Worth It retreat or You Are Enough retreat in your community, or if you are already organizing a conference and you are interested in having me be a part of that as a speaker, you can get information about that at my website. Go to daniellebean.com, click on the speaking tab for information about speaking or retreats if you want more information about You're Worth It or You Are Enough. 
But for now, I just want to thank you for being here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for participating in this episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. You're the reason I do this. You're the reason I'm here. So I'm so glad that you decided to show up today. Thank you for being part of the Girlfriends Podcast community. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 